welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. So get, get your Bibles ready um, and get your Bibles out because, you know, we read the Bible here at this church, go figure. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's good for you. One of the things that we've been looking at, I hope you've enjoyed this series on Luke, have you? It's been sort of in and out of, yeah? Uh, you can, whatever you're saying, I can't hear you anyway. So uh, just do this, right? Okay. Um, just sounds like, like a washing machine. And um, so what I've been trying to encourage you with is like when you read the word, everything is a picture to help you for today. It's not just nice stories in the past, but it is a picture of what, what the Lord wants to say to us uh, today. And, and the picture of Jesus as an ox is one who lifts burdens from our life, which I think is a brilliant picture, you know, because, you know, for, for every demand that we have in, in, in our life, if you go to the word, then there's a, there's a, a picture of how Jesus ministered and lifted those burdens. Jesus never puts things on you. Do you hear that? If you ever feel put upon or something laying heavy on you, it's never from the Lord. Uh, but I want to I talk into that, that story today, um, a really famous story. And I'm not actually going to amp it up in any way because I just actually felt this week, I prepared this talk reasonably early in the week. And I just felt the Lord say to me, you know, this is more about ministering this than teaching it. Does that make sense? Right, you might need to go a wee bit louder. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to turn my ear like this so I can hear a wee bit on this side. Um, so it, it'll, um, if you open your heart this morning, you open, and, and you, I, I believe the Holy Spirit will minister because it's the story of Mary and Martha from, from Luke chapter 10. It's a brilliant story. And there's a couple of things I just want to show you from it. But it's one of those stories where you come to where you go, I know this in my head. But what we're going to see is in your head is no good. Do you get that? There are times when the word has got to go from our head to our hearts and changes from the inside out. Because a head knowledge of something doesn't guarantee anything other than you have ticked the box and you know something. I know lots of things that don't actually change my life. Do you know that? Anyone? Yeah. And so um, this is not just about knowing, but it's about allowing the Holy Spirit to minister uh, because remember, here's some verses I've read every single week. Uh, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, that, that's, that's really what my heart is in this, that we learn to live more freely and more lightly as the Spirit of the Lord ministers, rest into our hearts. And we're going to look at that today. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 10. And because what I've done is I've kind of looked at some of the big mega themes throughout the book of Luke, because there's lots of Jesus doing the same kind of thing, lots of healing, lots of ministering, all that kind of stuff. And what sometimes you have to do with the Word is you take some of the big themes, the big narratives, and you look, look at them and go, what, what, what are the big themes here that we're seeing? So, um, if we go to Luke 10, we'll start with verse 38, just a few verses today. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister's left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken from her. Mary has chosen the good portion that will not be taken from her. Now, it's interesting. The whole thing of hospitality in the Bible is really, really important. That's particularly important in the book of Luke. 
And uh, in the biblical world in general, it's really important. So when you jump into this story, there's something really profound happening. Jesus, uh, he comes to Bethany, um, not, not the chippy, right? <laughs> Belfast reference, but you know, if you're a Bel- he, do- he doesn't go to the chippy, he gets, it's a place in the Bible. Go, oh, we go there too on a Friday night. No, you don't. This is a place in the Bible. And what, what happens is Martha demonstrates hospitality by welcoming Jesus into the home that she shares with her sister Mary, right? And uh, so almost immediately, she starts to busy herself with the task of, and the word here is diakasuna. It means to serve. And it's the same way that the Lord serves us. That's, that's what it, it means in the word, okay? Or, or diakinonia, as it's, it's written here. It's, it's a word that's gonna come up later on. And now, we're not really told what she's doing, but we can kind of make a guess, can't we? You've got guests and you're gonna be starting to make some food. So she begins to prepare this meal, so Martha's running around, like, you know, getting everything done. And, and, you know, Jesus didn't travel alone. There would have been quite a lot of people. She would have had a house, house load of people, you know what I mean? And people would have been in every room and all that, the rest of it. And she's going, flip me. Hospitality is such a massive value here. Like, you'd be showing yourself up if you didn't sort everybody out. You know, it's like one of those things, like I married an English woman. You might not have realized that because she kind of sounds half normal now, but she didn't sound that normal <laughs> in the beginning, Right? And um, one, one of the interesting things, is there anyone else English in here? Right, Adam, well, do you know, this is going to make sense in a minute. So you know, in Northern Ireland, right, this is the truth, because um, we've had some learning to do together. In Northern Ireland, if somebody comes to your house, you always offer them a cup of tea, don't you? And what do you get with the cup of tea? I have no idea what you're saying. Go ahead. Yes, biscuits. Who said, that's right, a biscuit right? Or a bun or something. Would you ever offer somebody a cup of tea with no bun or biscuit? Isn't that like just slapping them in the face? You might as well say you're ugly and all your children are ugly. I mean, that's how it feels if you get offered a cup of tea with no biscuit. All right. Like what? Well, Marilyn, English people don't do that. English people would have you on the front doorstep. Wouldn't even bring you in. I remember, isn't this right, when we first got married, it was dead normal to Penny because even at times I would go to her house and her ma wouldn't offer me a cup of tea. (laughs) You know what I mean? You feel like the most unwelcome person. I'm actually marrying your daughter here. But would you get a cup of tea? No. And if you did get a cup of tea, they'd have their biscuit afterwards. It used to freak me out. What's the point of eating the biscuit after the cup of tea? You eat it with the cup. Anyway, it saddened me. But you know that thing of it really matters because it's kind of like a reflection on you. So I've had to educate Penny in the ways of normal people. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is across the water, but in this civilization where everybody's normal, if somebody comes to the house, bring them in. And it, does, it literally doesn't matter if your leg's hanging off, right? The house, top of the house is on fire. Offer them a cup of tea with a biggie every time. Amen. No, you have learned, haven't you? It's good. And I'm only having a bit of a laugh. It's good fun. But it w- well, it wasn't fun at the, the, I, I, anyway at the start. All right, so like, the thing here, we're not actually told that Mar- Martha's doing anything wrong, right? Because I look at that and I go, well, Flip, I understand that. You know, all these people need to be looked after. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But simultaneously, as she is doing that, her sister, who she lives with, does life with, you know, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, you know, that you, you read about them, the whole way through, um, the, the, the New Testament, they appear like three times. Um, but 
What she does is something entirely different. She sees where Jesus is and she sits at his feet listening to his words. Now, the women at the time, not particularly the men, but the women at the time never would have done that because there is a posture here that that Mary is adopting that women just were not included from. This is a great story for women particularly, right? But for all of us, she takes her place at the feet of Jesus. Now, what what is that? You'll have heard if you're you're a student of the Bible, Paul, when he's talked about Gamaliel, when he was a student, Paul the Apostle, he said, I would sit at his feet. And so sitting at, at the feet is a posture that you see in Jewish tradition. And if you sat at somebody's feet, what it meant was it was a role that was traditionally reserved for men. But if you sat at somebody's feet, it was meant, meant that you were there to listen and you were there to learn. Right? And remember what it says in Matthew 11, come to me, learn from me, and I'll teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. And so what happens here is that there's more to this. You know, there was a role that Mary should have been playing by, by the wisdom of the day. She should have been up and at it. She should have been busy. She should have been doing what her sister was doing. She should have been playing the role that society and everyone else had laid out for her. But she saw it differently. She saw, when Jesus is in the house, I will take the posture of he is my rabbi, my teacher, and I'll sit at his feet to listen to the words that he speaks. Irrespective of what your expectation is, what the world's expectation is, or anyone else's expectation is, whatever you think I should be doing, I'm going to be found doing this first. Does that make sense? And so she kind of goes stuff the rules. Mary, Mary's, you know, it's not like she's lazy here. I mean, she put herself actually in a place where she could have found herself in real danger. But she goes, saw it. I've got the Lord in the house. You know, why would I want to be busy when I've got Jesus here himself? So I'm going to, the posture I'm going to take is one of a student where I'm going to sit at his feet and rest so that I can learn. And so I don't know what rules you're playing today in your life. I don't know what the expectations are around you. Men about hunting and gathering and, you know, providing and all the rest of it. Women, whatever they happen to be. I think Jesus doesn't care two hoots about the rules that everyone else puts on us. Do you get that? I think he goes, stuff it. Who cares what they say? Who cares what their opinion is? Who cares what expectation has been laid on you? Really? I don't think Jesus totally gives one hoot about it. Because actually, um, you know, and it's something that he rebukes Martha. I'm going to come to that in a minute. It's not, you see, what, what, because what he's going to do in this moment we always look, when we get to this story, we always look to the outside, the physical thing that's going on. Right? We, we look at busyness and we look at somebody sitting down and resting. But actually what the Lord is saying, I think why the Lord lets this play out is because he's showing us there are only really two ways to do this. What you see outside physically here with Mary and with Martha is a representation of what our hearts are like. Do you get it? And so sometimes whenever he wants to talk about what's on the inside, it's easier to, talk, to show us what happens physically on the outside. And so with Mary and Martha this morning, when you look at this story and you think about receiving the grace of God, it's not about busyness per se or action per se. It's about where is the posture of our hearts? Because that is the root of rest. That is the root of receiving. And all you see with Mary and Martha is what we are like and what we physically live like. And the Lord lets it play out so that everyone can see, so that he can show us and administer to us and allow us to, to, to have our hearts tugged and challenged, if you like, so that we can be positioned for more grace. 
because it's about a picture of our position and not of our performance. And so you've got to ask yourself this morning, as I just unpack this a little bit more to go, at the end of the, what, what is the position of my heart this morning? What is my position? Am I, sometimes I'm a Mary, sometimes I'm a Martha, but predominantly we'll see a pattern. You know, it's not like I'm one or the other. It's not arbitrary, but you will see a pattern one way or the other in your life. Because in a, in a culture, our culture's hectic, isn't it? Schedules, there's this relentless pursuit of productivity, doing stuff. And you know, I mean, most of us are tempted in some way to measure ourselves by what we do or what we produce, how busy we are, what we accomplish, how well or not we meet the expectations of other people. And the Lord wants to minister right into that today. Some of us, the other side of it is this, that people who've come under grace right, have lost what it really means and they end up interpreting anything that causes them to have to do something which cuts across the flesh is law and demand. And it's no such thing. The Lord's going to say that. You know, so too many of us have made an excuse to go, if I feel a demand, if I feel like, oh, I, I, you know, this is not just always easy, I therefore go, oh, that's just the law. And I'm not under the law anymore. So, and that's not what the Lord is saying here either. He's not saying that. In fact, um, he actually nails the main issue, um, you know, pretty quickly here for us. So even this morning, you know, if you've come to a place under grace where you kind of go, I'm under grace, I just got to do what I want to do, then you haven't heard grace at all. Grace does not make you more fleshly and feed into your wants and your desires. Do you hear me? Grace frees you from self, points you to Jesus so that you can do what he is asking you to do. That's grace. Not just my whole life is one of rest because I, you know, you better not be a Martha, you better be a Mary. Which means I get to sit while everyone else looks after my needs. You kind of missed what Jesus was trying to say here because that's not what he was going on about. Do you know what it's all about? What this whole story is about? It's about distraction and worry. Do you get that? The whole heart of it is not about whether you're busy or you're not. It's are you distracted and anxious because you can be as anxious and distracted in your laziness as you can be in your busyness do you get that you could sit on your backside all day long and do very little productively and still be as anxious as somebody who's running around hyper busy well, where the Lord's trying to minister and show us here is is this this whole area of distraction because it's a burden today isn't it I'll actually show you what the word means in a minute because the story takes a sharp turn when Martha, who's distracted by her many tasks, comes to Jesus. I love this. And she's really ticked off. You know, you, you get it, don't you? You know when you're, when you're doing stuff and you look around and they're not doing stuff? <laughs> Happens in my house all the time. But I have got my spidey senses up. I know what it means. I know when the dishes clang a wee bit more than normal. <laughs> Where the kitchen doors maybe just... Not quite off their hinges, but let's just say had a wee bit more force applied to close them. That was absolutely necessary. Can you hear that? What? <laughs> How many will hear it the last few days? How am I doing? Am I still shouting at you or what? Okay. But you know what I mean? Don't you sense it? It's like rugby season's over. <laughs> Penny says, amen. But I, you know... So sometimes what happens is the Lord leads me just to buy still waters when there's, when there's like big European rugby games on because they normally play a few over the weekend. And Penny has been known to say, are you watching another one? <laughs> and I go, 
well, it's a different one than the last one. So they played that game, but now we need to know who we're going to play in the next round, so I've got to watch this one. She goes, like, but you've already watched one. I go, I know, but this one's different. Right? <laughs> and then you, you quickly learn, don't you, to go, I'll watch it later on catch up. <laughs> right? And that's what's going on with our Martha here. She's raging. It's like, do you know what? Here's what she says in... in, in uh, verse 40, uh, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. This is Sophie and Hope, do you know, in our house, isn't it? Mummy said we've got to tidy our room. Sophie! <laughs> Sophie's doing whatever, you know. Mummy said. That's so funny. You just, because it's like if I'm working, she's definitely going to be working because there's no way I'm doing this and she's sitting on her backside. With kids, we see it really clearly. You know, like, so you might probably empathize with, Mar- with Mary, don't you? Going, flipping, or with Martha. That lazy cat's just sitting on her backside and I'm running around. Like, there was real emotion here, do you know what I mean? This wasn't just, Lord, any chance she'd get her up. She was like, I'm flipping raging here because I'm running around. Now, when you look at the way the Lord responds, it seems to be less than, than empathetic because he seems to chide her for her distraction and her worry, and he praises Mary. Like, that would really rub it in, wouldn't it? When you're busy, you're like, seriously? He goes, Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. You see, the problem with Martha is not that she's busy. Do you get that? That's not the point. The problem with Martha is not that she is busy and providing hospitality, doing something good and noble and worthwhile. It's not the problem. Because you know what? If that was a problem, you wouldn't have had Jesus in other bits of the Bible, particularly, you know, where he commends this kind of service to neighbors. And, you know, like Parable of the Good Samaritan, right? If providing service and doing it was a problem, then Jesus wouldn't have ever told the Parable of the Good Samaritan because it's exactly the same thing, right? And actually, the Good Samaritan immediately comes before Mary and Martha, if you read it in the Bible. So the problem with Martha is not with her serving, but it's the fact that she's worried and distracted. Now, the word here is interesting. When Jesus looks at her condition, and he looks at our condition today, it's a bit, what does it mean? What's he trying to do? He's going to look, you're going to live your life one of two ways, folks. You're going to busy yourself with lots of stuff and end up resentful. And it's not the busyness that makes you do it. That's why sometimes people go, I just need to take a rest. Right? Because we've bought into the narrative of the world that rest is just on the outside and a result of physical exertion. When our, our true rest is knowing and putting our faith and our trust in Jesus, that we'll see his goodness today and in the, that he has already done it for us and so we walk in his goodness. See, the world has no answer for rest on the inside. What the world, I don't know about you, um, you know, I have found myself, you know, you know, like everyone has a go at you, you think, right, what we need to do is just need to, you know, even get away for you know, get away for a few days, which is good because you get to physically rest if you're tired. But it doesn't really change what goes on on the inside, does it? Anyone? No. I have no idea what you're saying, so just wave at me, thumbs up, right? Literally no idea. But you know it doesn't. You know that thing of, oh, do you know what we need to do? We need to light some candles and lie in the bath and play whale music. You know that stuff. What's it called? Well, the mindfulness, that's it. We all need to be more mindful. So then you lie in the bath, right? You like candles and... Whale music. That's whale music, whatever. 
Sounds like a seal being clubbed, doesn't it? <laughs> right. And then in our house, it goes something like, Daddy, I need a wee wee. Oh, you're like, flip sake. Go to the other bathroom. But I want to go to this bathroom. No, but, no, but Daddy's in here. I know. But my toothbrush is in there as well. Oh, mindful, mindful. <laughs> Going to be mindful right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you finished yet? Oh, go away. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like... Everything on the outside looks like it should be. And everything on the inside is, I want to go somewhere else far away. Isn't it it funny? See, that's what Jesus is talking about. He's ministering to this word. He uses the word that distracted. And it's perispato. It's a really interesting word. I only knew it when I saw it. I've read this story a thousand times. I thought, what was he actually ministering into? Because he's not ministering into the physical outside stuff. Oh, Lord, would you change this? Would you do that? He's going, you're missing the point. This word perispato means you are being pulled or dragged in different directions. And that being pulled and dragged in different directions causes her to miss out on the very point that Jesus is there for her to receive from. Does that make sense? How much of your life do you feel pulled or dragged in different directions? Not physically, per se, because the physical thing is only the fruit of what's going on on the inside, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, even when it comes to the Lord, you know, it's like, do I believe the Lord or not? I want to believe him, but I don't. And so I feel like I'm pulled and I'm dragged. And the result is that we don't live in rest. And the Lord goes, I want to minister into that for you. I want to speak into that. I want to bring you to that place. Because, you know, do you know what's really interesting, this whole thing of hospitality? You know, like in terms of missing the point, Martha's distraction. So what happens is when we busy ourselves physically because we're not at rest on the inside, you know what, what do you know just physically what's happening here with Martha? What was the, what's the whole point of hospitality? Right? The whole hospital is what? To make sure that your guest is looked after. Isn't that right? And she misses the point. What she thinks she is doing in terms of serving him, he's going, no, no. Like your worry and your distraction and this you being pulled in a thousand different ways is causing you to miss the point that is, well, it should be all for me anyway. I'm here. I'm the most important thing. That's what the Lord's saying. It's not serving me. It's me. She breaks all the rules of hospitality by trying to embarrass her sister in front of Jesus and then even by asking Jesus to intervene in this family dispute. And then what happens, it's a step further. So you see, when we're distracted by many things, when we're worried and when we're anxious, make no bones about it, it'll make you resentful of other people. First, and then the Lord second. Isn't that right? And because we kind of go, like, would you not do something about this? She actually says, Lord, do you not even care? Do you not even care? Like, that's a bold statement to Jesus, isn't it? It's Jesus who is healing people raising the dead, casting out demons and all the rest of it. But you know what? I've got myself so flipping twisted here by, because I'm not at rest and peace on the inside. It's not about the busyness. It's not actually about what I'm doing. It's about why I'm doing it that the Lord wants to minister into. And because I'm not at rest, because I am pulled in my heart in so many ways, people tick me off and end up getting resentful with you even when you're serving the Lord. I'm doing this for you for goodness sake. Do you even care what's going on with me? Have you said that even to the Lord yourself? Do you even care? 
about what this looks like. Lord, you care about me here, <laughs> you know. I keep doing a Gordon Brown. You ever watch that? Remember Gordon Brown, the ex-Prime Minister? You'll never watch him the same way again, but watch it every time he speaks, he goes, hello. All right. Like a fiscal policy. And it's really annoying because once you see it, you go, yeah. But you know what? I think he has a blocked ear, so I'm really sympathetic with him. I find myself doing it. And it makes no good, no difference at all. But I guess what happens is Martha's worry and her distraction prevent her from being truly present with Jesus. And it actually drives a wedge between her and the Lord between her sister and the Lord. She's missed out on that one thing needed, right? There is no greater way to host the presence of the Holy Spirit and Jesus in your life than to sit and to listen to him. There's no greater way to do it. How much more so, like, whenever we have needs in our life? So that's why Jesus says Mary chose the better part and it'll not be taken away from her. So I, I think this, you know, I've, I've heard people preach and say, Jesus is rebuking Martha and going, Martha, you stupid. I don't think he is. I think he's inviting her. I don't sense rebuke in it. I think it's like, Martha, you're worried, you're distracted, and there's this need of only one thing in your life. And that's what the Lord's saying to you this morning. On the inside, whatever your outside world looks like, if you feel pulled from pillar to post, not knowing what you're standing on one day to the next day, okay? That worry and distraction, the Lord is not pointing his finger at you. He's inviting you to come to rest and he invites you for one thing. Does that make sense? How am I doing so far this morning? Is it okay? I'm trusting that somebody said something. Yeah? Wave at me because it's not making a huge lot of sense in my head. So trust in Jesus that he's gonna make it land for you. Because what I said is this one thing, what he says is this one thing. Remember what I said, our culture is hectic. Our schedules are hectic. There's a relentless pursuit of productivity. You're tempted to measure your own worth by how busy you are, by what you accomplish, by expectations of other people. And I think most of us identify more like Martha than we do like Mary. Feeling pulled in different directions feeling worried and distracted by lots of different things because that seems to be the common thread that I see today in a world which is just really fast-paced. And I want to say to you that the world has no answer for it. You can have all, your, all the spa days you want, all right? But true rest comes from here, not from the outside in. That's what rest really looks like. And I don't have t- time to talk about jo- Joseph Prince, uh, Pastor Prince has a brilliant talk on this. He describes rest, and it's not ceasing from activity. It's spirit-directed activity. It's brilliant. And I was going to reference it this morning, but I'm not going to have time. But what I want to say to you is this. It's like, you know, feeling pulled in different directions, feeling worried and distracted. These common threads that are just so prevalent in today's world. The Lord says, enough. Yes, he says in Luke 12, 25, a couple of chapters on, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? Isn't that amazing? He's kind of going, you know, worrying doesn't do you any good anyway. It's not going to change anything. You know, and what we worry about normally never happens statistically. Or if it does happen, we couldn't change it anyway. That's even what the world says. That's not the Bible. We spend so much time worrying about about 90% of the things that take up our time in our heads and our hearts that we worry about never happen. 
about 8% of it we have no control over, and the last couple of percent, well, when you put it in the big scheme of things, it's not such a big deal. But it's, it's like, we no matter how, how much we're told, don't worry, it's like, don't be afraid, right? Like, just hearing, don't be afraid, doesn't make you not afraid. Doesn't, doesn't that make sense? So when somebody says, well, just don't worry about it, you go, well, I get that. I'm not, in one way, does anyone ever feel like I'm not actively choosing to be anxious? <laughs> you get that? I didn't wake up this morning and go, here, brilliant. Everything's going okay. I need to find a few things just to get the old picker going. That's right. Is that right? Oh, here, that could potentially go bad. Let me just lock on to that. That's not what we're like. Nobody gets up in the morning looking for things to worry and to fret about. That's, but, you know, there, there's, there's no answer to it. You, you can get busy all you want, right? I think what's happening with Martha here is get busy, fill your life with stuff, chase after it, okay? Do, do, it, it actually doesn't really matter what it is. Go on a thousand holidays. Go on one holiday. Buy this, buy the other. Hang out with them, hang out with the other. It doesn't matter. At some point, okay, all that will happen is you'll come back to the same worry that was there all along. Because life is not supposed to be lived outside in. It's inside out. And that's where Jesus goes, this one thing, okay, it's not anything else other than sitting at my feet, right? Resting in your inside. You can be really busy on the outside and be totally at rest. Do you get that? Anyone? It's possible Jesus wasn't saying, don't be busy. We would never have a church here if we didn't have a small, committed group of people who make this church happen week in and week out. Faithful people, they perform tasks that behind the scenes that nobody else ever sees, and it's vital to making this church work. But my great encouragement and Penny's great encouragement the whole way through has been, if all of your activity needs, leads no time to be still and in the presence of the Lord, then you're gonna end up anxious and troubled. You'll get fed up with people and fed up with God. And so the Lord's just putting insight into us to go, if you feel that in yourself this morning, let him minister to you. Because what is the one thing? The one thing is the posture. It's the heart. It's the mindset. It's the position that sits, you know, like maybe not physically, but rests in a place and says, Lord, I'm here to listen to your word. Because when I listen to your word, then I know that my heart will How much do you do that? That's the question I have for you today. How much do you do that? Or how much do you feel yourself pulled in lots of different directions, lots of different voices? I think for me, it, what it often feels like, right, is like the, uh, you know, one voice comes in, it pulls your heart a certain way. Another voice comes in, pulls your heart another way. Anyone? I think this pulls my heart another way. I read something, and I, I, sometimes that, that is really tiring, isn't it? I feel up one day and down one day and in between one day, all depending on what is coming from the outside into my life. Jesus just goes, one thing is this. Let your first posture be your word in my life. Because remember, Mary just wasn't sitting there chilling, right? Sort of lying back going, Martha, flipping, st stress not, love. It's all going to happen. Right? We have a wee saying in our house. Um, I'm not going to, the kids even know it. It's called doing a flow. 
after someone in my family. When the shopping's done, I hate putting away the shopping. I don't mind doing the shopping, but see, putting the shopping away drives me nuts. So I will often find myself needing to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and now even the kids go, Daddy, it's okay, you can come down now, the shopping's away. It's funny. Penny's going, he's doing a flow. And uh, after my aunt, flow. It's funny, isn't it? It's like, uh, yeah, you know, I guess what I'm trying to encourage you in is this. It's like, today, the Lord says, can we, can we just break that cycle in our lives? Because listening and receiving his word and having that time in our lives every day means that you can go and be the busiest, most productive person. And the busyness is not the, is not the issue. It's the, it's the position of rest in your heart. If today you find yourself annoyed with people who are around you in your work or in your church or in your home, or you find yourself annoyed with the Lord today, can I ask how much time have you spent doing that one thing? Receiving, receiving. Because grace says, sit at my feet and receive. And when you do that, you can stand up and do anything. You see, that posture is as active and as deliberate and as intentional as running around busying yourself. Like, as I was going to say, Mary just didn't sit at Jesus' feet to chill. She sat to listen. She had the posture of a student with a rabbi. Rabbis in the day were pretty tough. Do you get that? I don't know if you know this, but um, not quite as bad as some other major world religions where they beat kids who don't listen. But there was a high expectation if you sat at the feet of a rabbi. Remember, kids were, were whittled out. So generally by I don't know, 10, 11, 12... If you hadn't made it as a rabbi, you went back to your family to work. That's why Peter and those guys were fishermen because the world had said they, they didn't make the, the religious grade to be good enough. And so what that meant that there was a high expectation that when you sat at the rabbi's feet, you were there to listen because you were in a privileged place, not just to sit and go, whatever, what's he saying? I have no idea. Not really picking it up. It's like, no, I'm here. You've got my attention. And I think for some of us, just if I can encourage you this week, to get into that place of grace and go, you've got my attention, Lord, before all of this other stuff comes. I'm not going to be pulled from pillar to post this week, but I'm going to receive grace upon grace every day. I'm going to do this one thing before everything else, and I will not be distracted by everything that comes my way because the enemy's greatest, greatest, one of his greatest things in your life is to keep you busy and away from the feet of Jesus. Do you get that? You play right into his hands every time. Don't let him do it. And sometimes actually what happens is this. I tell myself that it may seem, remember the whole thing of rules where it's like, um, we find this sometimes in the business stuff that we do. When you, when, you, when you tell people to do or encourage people to do something around like invest in your people, it doesn't feel like work to them because it's all about task and process. Do you get that? We need to do stuff. And so sometimes what happens is whenever we sit and we give Jesus the first bit of our day or a key bit of our day to receive his word and his promise to us, what it feels like, what the enemy will tell you is you're being unproductive. You need to get up and at it. You don't have time for this because you need to be going, anyone, right? That's because the rule is, what, what's the rule in the expectation? Get up, get at it, get busy, get moving. You better get your hand to this or nothing's gonna happen. If you don't work hard at this, then, and the Lord goes, listen, See all those rules, like I said at the start, those rules and expectations, bend them, bend them because he 
in those moments where you receive gives you supernatural grace, supernatural favor for anything that's coming your way. And you'll find yourself more productive, more efficient, more blessed, more favored because you do the one thing versus being pulled in a thousand directions. Let's let the Lord lift that burden of anxiety and worry off us. Amen? Let me just finish by saying this. Um, that it, you're kind of left. It's like EastEnders, what happens? Does Mary, Martha just freak out and end up coming in and whacking Mary? Do you know what I mean? It's like she just has enough, pushes her over the edge, lifts a flipping tea towel and smacks the lugs of her. Do they just go at it and anyone? Maybe that's just the way my head goes. I'm thinking, like Martha's like, like she's on the edge right here, right? But it's just left suspended. Yeah, you don't know whether Mary and Martha are reconciled, whether they even enjoy the meal that Martha's prepared, or is it like every bite? You know that? You ever had those moments where you eat every bite and it's like, oh, goodness, this is so awkward, right? Is Martha, does, what happens? Does she, is she able to sit down and give her full attention to Jesus? I don't know, but one thing I do know is whatever happened there, because I always like to know the end of the story, I think I kind of go the invite was there for Martha all along. It's if you're worried, if you're distracted by lots of things, not just one big thing, come and sit in his presence. Not just to go, I'm not, you know, but come and sit with the intention of hearing his words of grace, his words of truth. Come and receive the truth that you're loved, that you're valued. Come and be renewed in your, in your faith and strengthened again. Because that's the only need that you have. That's the need of one thing. It's give attention to Jesus. Give your heart to Jesus. Because what you'll find is in those moments that it's not that you're there to serve him, but he's there with an abundance to serve you. Amen, is that, is that a good word to say? I think it's really important. I think today, um, like, I, I just felt the Spirit of the Lord say over people today, we're gonna break that cycle of worry. We're gonna break that cycle of anxiety and break that cycle of pulled in every direction. And it starts by coming back to his feet. So why don't you close your eyes? We're gonna play some pads and... Um, before we take communion and stuff like that. Just rest a wee moment. You know, even if you want to lift your hands this morning in the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, I'm here. I'm open. It's a stance that says I'm open to receive from you, Lord. My heart is open. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that um, in this place, Jesus, that when we look at this story, it's not about busyness, like what we are doing physically. It's about the anxiety of our hearts. And I thank you, Father, that you are the bondage breaker. You're the one who breaks every chain. And this morning in this place, Lord, I thank you that even though here, people online, there's probably hundreds of different individual worries and, and pulls and things vying that have our heart and our attention. 
Jesus, I speak over every heart right now. You know, do you know even if when I was speaking, like the Lord was probably, Holy Spirit probably, you know, speaking to you about some things where you've gone, this is worrying me. This is a, an anxious thing for me. I don't have any rest in this particular thing. If the Lord brought that to your mind, then what I want you to do is I want you to stand in agreement today and say, Lord, your hand is on this situation and I give it to you. I give that person to you. I give that relationship to you. I give that situation to you. And Lord, as an act of faith, I take it and I place it into your hands, Lord, because you care for me. You love me. You're for me. And so I just rest right now and I let go of every burden and I receive grace upon grace instead. Father, we thank you right now that you're working in every life. You're working behind the scenes. As we sit here, Lord, the battle is yours. Father, the battle is yours. We don't need to raise our arms, raise our hands. We do not need to fight. The only fight we need is to stay in faith for our righteousness. Because as righteous men and women today, Lord, in your presence, every good gift flows. So Father, we leave those things. Lord, we leave those things on the outside. Father, and in this place of intimacy and receiving from you, we listen to your word. We listen to the words that you speak over us now, Holy Spirit, the ones that you're bringing to our remembrance. Lord, that you are our shepherd, that you are our provider, that you are our protector, that you are our healer. Holy Spirit, thank you right now in this place of exchange, Lord, where we lift, we just hand our worries to you, Lord. And Father, we practice your presence. We practice that place of intimacy with you, Jesus. For some of you, I believe the Lord's saying this, that you don't need to fight. You just need to stand and you will see the deliverance of God. Amen. You don't need to fight. Just stand and receive the fullness of God. And Psalm 46 says to be still and know that I am God. Now the use of the word in Hebrew, arpu, which means to fall and to sink. It's almost like falling back into the arms of grace. I'm to pray that over you right now. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this one thing. The world will tell us it's not enough. The world will put roles onto us and say, you need to do this. The world will have expectations which are entirely different. You know, oftentimes when, you know, um, the Lord speaks into your life, it'll be nearly diametrically opposed to what the world says is the right thing to do. Do you know that? Because we live by faith. You're called to live by faith. You're called to exercise faith. And quite a lot of the time, the world's wisdom is totally different. But we when we sit at the feet of Jesus and we receive his words, his goodness, his grace, he gives us an eye, he gives us perspective on his heart and how he's working things out. The Lord ha and the, the world has no answer for the stuff of our hearts. It just puts patches on, but it can't, can't heal. So Father, I just pray that over your church this morning, Lord. We just say thank you for your presence. Music team, if you want to, guys, come up. We thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus, that you break bondages and you break chains. Thank you, Father, right now that every situation that has come to mind, Father, your promise is that you're working in it. 
and we break the cycle of worry we break the cycle of anxiety of playing a role and in Jesus name we minister grace upon grace over every heart over every life over every family and home in Jesus name Amen